Welcome to Always Reading Novels and Watching Movies. This is the podcast that's all about novels, movies, and TV shows. Today I'm talking about movies. And the movies that I'm going to be mentioning are movies from the 1930s, the 1940s, and the 1950s. They are feel-good movies. And they're so fun to watch. I love watching movies from different time periods. Since movies started up until now, it's always good to get a variety in that way, especially if you love movies as much as I do. And that's always something that I'm always going to want to keep doing, probably. There's a list that I have here with a few of them that I can think of that I have seen. Now, there's many that I haven't seen, so just keep that in mind. So if this didn't make the list on this episode, it is because I have not seen it. So what is really a feel-good movie anyways? This could vary from person to person, but I really just feel like, as a whole, it is something that makes us happy, something that makes us smile, something that makes us laugh, something that just feels good to watch. You like how it makes you feel. That cozy, sweet, warm feeling. That sounds kind of weird, but you know, that nice feeling that you get after watching something where you just smile. It's happy mostly. And it's definitely fun to watch. A feel-good movie has to be fun to watch. So that's something that I look into when I just want to go to something to feel upbeat. If you're feeling down and want to be cheered up, then watch a feel-good movie. It can mean whatever you want it to mean, but really that's how I feel that it is mostly about. And so many of these movies are from back then. And there's still so much more to see. That's the amazing thing is. There's so many different movies from all of the years. And it's just, I think, really important to look through all of the years because you never know what you'll find. And you can find one of the best ones you've ever seen from a different year that you may not have thought about looking into. So these are not in any particular order. You know, they range from the 1930s, like I said, to the 1950s, and there's a few of them that I'm just mentioning. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what the movie is called. I'm going to tell you the year that it was in, and I'm going to tell you what IMDb has for the description of the movie. I know you can look this up on IMDb yourself, but I think it's convenient and cool to have it all in one place just to hear really quickly in this episode. So the first one I'm talking about is tea for two, like the tea that you drink. And this movie was in 1950. It has Doris Day in it. So you probably will see her more than once on this list or hear about her more than once on this list because she's one of my go-tos for feel-good movies, period. Doesn't matter what year it is. She just is. Every time I watch one of her movies, for the most part, most of her movies that I have seen are very fun to watch. 
and they give you that good feeling. T for two is a lot of fun. It's so much dancing and singing, which I think is so cool. And I'm always loving to watch, especially the tap dancing, which I feel like they just don't do anymore and they don't show anymore. So I always go to the older movies if I want to watch a feel-good movie. The description on IMDb for T for Two is, A socialite with aspirations of a career in show business bets her wealthy uncle $25,000 that she can say no to everything for two days straight, hoping winning her, hoping winning will help her fulfill her dreams. So in this movie is someone that was amazing at dancing and also someone that was amazing at singing. Yes, I'm talking about the men in this movie because we already know that Doris Day can, could sing and she could dance and she could, she could act. So the guys that are in this movie though, that were in this movie, I just, I think it's the first time I heard this guy sing and I love his voice when he sang and I'm not sure exactly which one sang and which one danced. Oh, I think it was, okay, Gordon McRae. So he was the one that sang in this movie and if you love that deep, is it called alto, I think, that kind of voice or I don't know, I just love how he sounded and the songs in here were fun it was all fun to see. You know, they try to put on Broadway and they have to fund it. So it goes into that. The guy that could dance was Gene Nelson. I think. Yes. So I saw this, you know, maybe sometime last year. Or I don't know, maybe it was this year. I don't remember exactly, but it was pretty recent when I saw it. I just don't remember exactly which guy did more of the singing and which guy did more of the dancing, but they're both so amazing. And this is why I love this movie so much is one of the reasons because the two guys, they stand out so much in this because one of them has that voice that you just want to hear again and you just look him up. And I think he had like some songs that he sang or you just want to find him in more movies just to hear him sing. And then the other guy, he danced really well. And that was so cool to see too. So I love watching people dance. I love hearing people sing. And when you put that in a movie, mostly, most of the time, it's going to be a feel-good movie. So Doris Day is like, honestly, the queen of feel-good movies to me. So that's why that movie is definitely on this list. Another one is Pillow Talk. Another movie that Doris Day was in. This was in 1959. And Rock Hudson was in this movie with her. So this is a lot of fun because of how they are with each other. And you know, if you see any Doris Day movies that you just don't really want to see a lot of singing and dancing because she did a lot of that. She also had a lot of movies though where she didn't sing and dance at all. So, you know, this is one of those where there's, it's not singing and dancing. The description on IMD for Pillow Talk is an interior decorator and a playboy songwriter share a telephone party line and size each other up. And I mean, you know, you can go on IMDb and you can read the reviews to get more of a sense of what it's about. And, you know, just don't let the reviews sway you one way or the other or have so much weight and influence. You get to decide what you want to watch. You get to decide if it's something you would like and you just decide. But yeah, I mean, this is 
probably one of my favorite Doris Day movies, but I haven't seen it in a long time. So I'm not going to say that much about each of these movies because it's been a long time, like probably years since I've seen these. I was just thinking about feel-good movies and the first person that came to my mind was Doris Day. So I wanted to make a list and there's other ones too on here. But that's why, like I said, I'm not going to go that much into depth into each movie because a lot of these I haven't seen in years. I just remember them, though, as feel good so much. It's just movies that, you know, you turn to for when you want to feel cheerful, for when you want to brighten up and when you want to watch something that's fun. And these are movies that I will watch again. So that's another criteria, I feel like, for feel-good movies. It's a movie that has to be fun, a movie that makes you smile, and a movie that you can watch again. Those are my three requirements, or what I would determine would be considered a feel-good movie. The Gazebo. This was also in 1959. This movie had Debbie Reynolds in it. So, this... It's been even longer ago when I saw this one. But I just remember it. So if I remember it, then that means it's probably pretty good, right? Absolutely. That's how I see it. And Glenn Ford was in this movie with her. The description on IMDb is TV writer Elliot Nash buries something under the new gazebo in his suburban backyard. But the nervous man can't let it rest there. So they get into the situation and it's just, you know, it's not serious though. That's another thing. Feel good movies aren't that serious. They might have some little moments here and there, but they're mostly movies that are for the most part, they have a happy feeling to them. And they're, and they can be light sometimes as well. You know, some of them might be a little bit heavier and serious than others, but if they have any seriousness in them or heaviness in them, it's going to be little moments here and there. Most of them are more lighthearted and light than they are anything else. So that's just something to remember too. But to tell you a little bit more about this, you know... There's blackmail involved, there's money involved, and yeah, that could be serious, but I love when movies take something serious that can be very dark and deep, but they make it lighthearted and not as serious. So they can add humor to it in a way, and you know there are movies like that, so this is one of them. Another one is Singin' in the Rain. Haven't seen this in a very long time either, but all of these movies I would watch again. This was in 1952. And everybody probably knows this one. But it's definitely a musical. So there's definitely a lot of singing and dancing, which I love. I think the best musicals were from back then. And they don't make as many musicals nowadays, it seems like. Gene Kelly... And Debbie Reynolds were in this one with other people too, of course. So the IMDb description for Singing in the Rain is a silent film star falls for a chorus girl just as he 
and his delusionally jealous screen partner are trying to make the difficult transition to talking pictures in 1920s Hollywood. So this is a movie that was in the 1950s, but it was supposed to be, it was like set in the 1920s, like the story is. And you know, you're going to find some like that. So when I tell you the year, that's the mo- that's when the movie came out. That's when they made this movie in real life, 1952. But the story is based on the 1920s, like it was supposed to be in the 1920s. And there's so much singing and dancing in this because it's a musical, like I said. And it is like about Hollywood. That's a big part of the story. That's like the center part of the story. So you'll just get to see the talent of the tap dancing and the singing and the fun, creative little numbers and choreography and all the stuff that they wear and how they collaborate with each other to make this a fun and feel-good experience to watch. Another one is Bombshell. This is probably the one on this list that I have seen the most recently. And it was in 1933. Jean Harlow was in it. So... This is probably the last one that I added because because it is the one that I have seen the most recent. The description for this movie on IMDb is a glamorous film star rebels against the studio, her pushy press agent and a family of hangers on. I love Jean Harlow's character in this movie. That's one of the reasons why I added it to this list. Her character in this movie seems like someone that you just want to be around. Because she's so light and uplifting. And she's good to everyone. In the, like, her character is good to everyone. She's really nice. And, you know, she doesn't want every, anyone to feel bad or negatively. And she just seems like someone that you would want to see more of. It is the only movie I think I've seen that she was in but I know that there's more and I'm gonna see more of course but I just really I just really liked this because she just went through different things in this and just continued to do what she wanted to do regardless of what the studio wanted from her and they make it fun to see they make it where it's empowering and encouraging to you to go after really what you want to do and not have to answer to anyone, but at the same time being a decent human being in the process as you live your life. So really, I just love this movie so much. Another one is The Philadelphia Story. This was in 1940. And it has Katherine Hepburn, James Stewart, and Cary Grant in it. So, I think this movie was a play at first, and then they made it into a movie. The description on IMDb is, When a rich woman's ex-husband and a tabloid-type reporter turn up just before her planned remarriage, she begins to learn the truth about herself. So Katherine Hepburn's character in this movie gets caught up between two different men in a situation. But I love 
movies that were adapted from plays. They are some of the absolute best movies in my eyes. This is always one that's fun to see. It's always fun to watch. And I think that the movie High Society with Grace Kelly and Frank Sinatra in it, that was in 1956, was kind of like inspired by the Philadelphia story. So that's always fun to see. And I still haven't seen High Society yet, but I definitely will. You know, I have my favorites. Katherine Hepburn is definitely my favorite actress from back then. And Grace Kelly was one of them too. But the thing is, Katherine Hepburn had more work had more movies that she was in so she has a lot more to see and that is why I think she's my number one favorite actress from then I have others too Elizabeth Taylor is one of them you know but like really if I just had to choose one it'd be Katherine Hepburn so this is one of my favorite movies of her and that she was in and it's definitely a movie that I'll see again it's been such a long time since I saw this one but yeah it's a It's fun to see Cary Grant, too. I mean, I liked his movies better than James Stewart's movies, but they are both equally amazing. And, you know, it's so much fun. When you see Cary Grant in a movie, it's probably going to be a good time. So that's always feel good. Most of the movies that he's in, I would say, are more feel good than anything. Another one is My Favorite Wife. So speaking of Cary Grant, he's in this one, and it was in 1940. So there are a few movies that he was in with Irene Dunn, or maybe it was with Deborah Kerr, one of the two. But either way it goes, he was in movies with actresses more than once. So when you see Irene Dunn, that's how you say it, D-U-N-N-E, a lot of the movies that she was in were pretty fun to see. So this is one of my favorite movies that Cary Grant was in. And I would say it's equal to the other one, which is um, the next on this list. And like I said, there are no particular order. I just went with it of what I thought of. So this movie and another one are my favorite movies that Cary Grant was in. So the description for My Favorite Wife in 1940 is Missing For seven years and presumed dead, a woman returns home on the day of her husband's second marriage. That's a fun story. Get into that. Like, I love this movie so much because of what it is about. And the fact that Irene Dunn and Cary Grant are in it, that makes it even better. Just those two together, it's always great. I think he really figured out how to work with these different actresses so beautifully. So that's probably why he's with them more than once because they just are such a good match along with other actresses that he was in movies with. This is one of my favorite movies that Cary Grant was in. The story alone will get you to see it. And it is definitely one of those feel good, fun stories to get into. The other movie that Cary Grant was in that is my favorite equal to my favorite wife is The Awful Truth. This was in 1937. And this has a different feel, like a completely, no, not a, a different plot than the other one that I was talking about. A completely like the opposite. It's, it's so funny how that is. That I love this, I love The Awful Truth and My Favorite Wife equally. And they are my two favorite 
movies that Cary Grant were in, but they are completely different than each other. So Irene Dunn was in was in this one with him too, and the description for this one is a married couple file an amicable divorce, but find it harder to let go of each other than they initially thought. So in this movie, they're going at it with each other, but not in a vicious way. And in the other movie, it's like the opposite. So that is pretty cool. And you know, I always find it interesting to see movies about divorces because they all have been completely different from each other. Sometimes they hate each other. Sometimes they still love each other, but they know they're not meant for each other anymore and they go their separate ways. Sometimes they um, remain best friends. Sometimes they just completely exit each other's lives. So I think divorces are one of the most interesting things to, you know look into when you're watching a movie because it can bring out so much and bring so much but this is a feel-good movie so it's nothing dark nothing serious but you know it's definitely meaningful so just because all these movies are feel-good doesn't mean they're not meaningful like they have depth to them they really do have depth to them so just remember that another one is holiday so this was Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant and it was in 1938. So the description for this one on IMDb is, A young man in love with a girl from a rich family finds his unorthodox plan to go on holiday for the early years of his life, met with skepticism by everyone except for his fiance's eccentric sister and long-suffering brother. So... It's been a long time since I saw this one, too. Pretty much all of these. But I could tell you that I remembered it. So that means it's good. Like I said before. This is a movie that I think was was supposed to be around the holidays. And so it has a lot of, you know, it has a pretty feel to it, you know. And it maybe can get you into that mood. But yeah, it is a good one. Some Like It Hot. This was in 1959. This has a lot of comedy in it. But it also has something in it that could make it serious, but they decided to turn to humor to tell the story instead. So... Marilyn Monroe was in this movie with Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon, and the description for this one on IMDb is, after two male musicians witness a mob hit, they flee the state in an all-female band disguised as women, but further complications set in. So you can just imagine two men that try to disguise themselves as women because they are so desperate to not get more involved in trouble than they already are. They get into all these situations, misunderstandings, and complications because they have no idea what they're doing. And it's a lot of fun to see. Another one is Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. This one was in 1953. Marilyn Monroe was in this one, along with Jane Russell. And the description for this one is Showgirls Laura Lee and Dorothy Shaw travel to Paris, pursued by a private detective hired by the suspicious father of Laura Lee's fiancé. 
as well as a rich, enamored old man and many other doting admirers. The thing I love the most about this movie is what they wear and the performances. They bring a little music into it and a little singing, so that is really fun. And I think that Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell were a great duo. I love watching old movies with showgirls in them because they're so beautiful to see. The stuff that they wear, the performances that they do, it's just great and fun to always see that. Swing Time. This was in 1936. So besides Doris Day, when I think of feel-good movies, I also think of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. A lot of them, a lot of you probably know who they were. They were a duo that were in many movies together and they danced. They were so great at dancing. And they always danced together in every movie that they were in with each other. The description for this one is roguish gambler and dancer Lucky Garnett is challenged by his fiance's father to come up with $25,000 to prove he's worthy of her hand. But after he falls in love with a dance instructor, instructor, Lucky will do anything to keep him from earning the bucks. What I love about movies that Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire were in were that they really got themselves into funny situations, and it's just fun to watch it unfold. And if you love the dancing, then... Their movies are definitely worth watching. Another one is Shall We Dance? Another one of Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. I have not seen every movie that they were in together, but of the ones that I have seen them in together, these two were my favorite that they were in. Swing Time and Shall We Dance? So Shall We Dance was in 1937. And the description for this one is a ballet dancer and a showgirl fake a marriage for publicity purposes, then fall in love. This one I like even better than swing time because of the crazy situation, right? Like they have to fake something, but then what happens? And that's just always really cool to watch. Another one is My Man Godfrey. This was in 1936. So I really think the last time, okay, most of these movies on this list, I really think the last time I have seen them was in 2017 or earlier. Some of them even. 2005 so it's been a very long time that's why I can't really tell you much about them but you can easily look them up find out where to stream them or watch them on dvd or anything and you can watch them and see they're just great recommendations for feel good because I feel like they're all that way the description for my man godfrey in 1936 is a scatterbrained socialite hires a vagrant as a family butler but there's more to Godfrey than meets the eye. William Powell and Carol Lombard 
and Alice Brady were all in this movie together. I really like movies that are character-driven, and I think that Godfrey was a great character in this movie to see. So that's always nice to look forward to. Another one is It Happened One Night. This was in 1934. So this one I really probably haven't seen since I was in high school. The description for this one is a renegade reporter trailing a young runaway heiress for a big story joins her on a bus heading from Florida to New York and they end up stuck with each other when the bus leaves them behind at one of the stops. Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert were in this movie. So can you just imagine watching two people together because they have no other choice, they're stuck. What is going to happen? Like, how is it going to be? And that's just a great idea to make it into a movie and watch it. So it has been a lot of fun. And that one is pretty funny, I think. All of these are definitely worth worth watching more than once. Another one is The Lady Eve. This movie was in 1941. The description is, A trio of classy card sharks targets a socially awkward brewery heir until one of them falls in love with him. So a lot of these movies, as you can see, are about love. Because love can be light, it could be happy, and it can make you feel good. And that is a big theme in all of these feel-good movies. Barbara Stanwyck was in this movie, and so was Henry Fonda. Now, this one a lot of people know about, so you may have heard about this one. But, you know, it's definitely a good one to check out if you haven't. Another one is A Letter to Three Wives. This one was so much fun for me. And it probably was around maybe 2014 when I saw it, 15, 16, whatever. And a lot of these, so a lot of these movies that I'm talking about, I have probably either seen them on DVD from the library before streaming really took off and in high school in 2005 so that's how long ago it's been for me but that makes it so much better because now is a time that I could watch them again and it may be like seeing them for the first time because the longer you wait the more it's like seeing it again for the first time the description for this is a letter addressed to three wives from their best friend Addie Ross announcing that she is running away with one of their husbands, but she does not say which one. How interesting is that? Like, that is something I would want to read or watch, definitely. You just want to know, you know? And they definitely make it feel good and fun to see. Another one is Cinderella. I couldn't leave this one off, because I love Cinderella so much. And yeah, I mean... Disney does put out a lot of problematic stuff, 
with a lot of outdated beliefs and things like that. But Cinderella always stands out to me because of how she believed, how much hope she had for a better life for herself. And she never gave up and she never lost hope. So that's why I love Cinderella so much and that's why she stands out the most. And I just love that she's so kind hearted and that she is strong too. And then that blue dress, I just love blue. So, you know, that was really cool. And that's what I love the most about Cinderella. That's the things that stand out to me the most. So it just really is feel good because, you know, everybody knows Cinderella. She just ends up choosing herself and, you know, not giving up. And it ends up in the way that it should, which is always great to see. It was in 1950. The description is, when Cinderella's cruel stepmother prevents her from attending the royal ball, she gets some unexpected help from the lovable mice, Gus and Jack, and from her fairy godmother. That's another reason I love it, because of the fairy godmother. I love a little bit of magic. I love that. And that's always so fun. And it's unstoppable, really. You can do whatever you want when you bring magic into it. Another one is His Girl Friday, and this is the last one that I can think of that I have seen that came to my mind. And I wanted to really just go with movies that would come to my mind that I would think of off the top of my head because that makes it more real and accurate and genuine and authentic because these are all movies that I have seen, like I said, even though it was many years ago, most of them, I remember seeing these movies and I remember what they were about and I remember smiling watching them. So... That's just all I can think of. There may, you know, if I have seen something that I feel like was feel good, I maybe just not, I maybe just don't remember. So that's why it's not included here or I haven't seen it. And, you know, I didn't want to make it incredibly long. So it's about like 19 or 20 of them. His Girl Friday is one with Cary Grant and it was in 1940. Rosalind Russell is also in it. And the description is, a newspaper editor uses every trick in the book to keep his ace reporter ex-wife from remarrying. So again, you have like a central story about man and woman and, you know, there are complications with each other and all these things. That's always fun for me to see because I like to see, you know, how it could go and like there's so many different things that could happen in many different ways. And like I said, most of the movies like Harry Grant were really fun to watch. So I hope these give you some good recommendations if you have not seen or heard any of these. And, you know, there are a few of these that I'm pretty sure you already know about, like Singing in the Rain, like Some Like It Hot, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Cinderella, and I'm sure you know who Cary Grant was. I'm sure you know who Katherine Hepburn was, and I'm sure you know who um Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers were so you might know about those movies that they were in that I listed here as well it's just a good reminder though if you already do know and you're like oh yeah I'll, I'll make sure to see that again soon if I want to if I'm in the mood to watch a feel-good movie so that's all of the ones that I came up with right now and I just have so many ideas for different podcast episodes about movies because you can go so many different ways with this like I can just show, I can tell you so many different lists and recommendations for different things. And that's what some of the episodes will be about. But some of them will be more about like one specific movie and going more into depth about that or, you know, different things. It could be anything. 
movies are my favorite, so I always want to make sure I put out everything and anything that I can if you love movies, too. So please keep listening to Always Reading Novels and Watching Movies. New episodes are out pretty much every week, and you can follow at Always Reading Novels on Instagram and on TikTok. The thing is that I love to post about novels on TikTok and on Instagram, but I haven't really factored in a way or figured out how I want to add movie and TV content into those two different accounts, but I probably will also include that kind of content too. Because that's really what it's about. It started off with just being about novels, but then I expanded it to be about movies and TV shows too, because I've always wanted to have a space where I could just talk about what I love and what I want want to recommend and like see what everybody else likes too. And a podcast is the perfect way to do that. So that's why I started with this. And it only says always at always reading novels because I couldn't fit the rest into a username and it would just end up being too long anyways. Always reading novels is really easy to remember. So there's that. Another reason I started is because I am writing my own novels and I've never done this before. So I wanted to have a platform that I could share about that as well. And I use always reading novels to do that, whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, or on the podcast. And if you have any recommendations, suggestions, or anything you want me to talk about when it comes to novels, movies, or TV shows, you can email me at alwaysreadingnovels at gmail.com. That's always open for you. And there's a lot more to come. We just got started. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being here.